You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMS Cast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name's Chris Badgett and we're joined by a special guest, Michael Greenberg. He's from Call for Content. Michael reached out to me and I had a wonderful conversation with him. I can't wait to introduce you to the course building community because there's a lot of people in this audience here building courses, building membership sites um, who are looking to monetize, listening to grow, looking to grow, looking to scale. And just in talking about what you've been up to with podcasting, ebooks, authority marketing, all these things is very helpful for a course creator or membership site owner to kind of grow and, you know, package things up. But the thing that really fascinated me about you was you're not just kind of talking about these ideas of like, oh, you need a podcast. Oh, you should you know, have an ebook, you have like playbooks and specific strategies and services and people can talk to you on the phone. Um, Go to callforcontent.com. You can schedule office hours and have a conversation to see if you might be a good fit for Michael and how he can help you. But first, Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks, Chris. It's great to be here. Awesome. Um, Well, let's let's just get into it. Uh, uh, One of the biggest course creator problems that we talk about is you have to be a lot of people at once. You have to be an expert, a teacher, a community builder, a technologist, and an entrepreneur. And on that, if we put on the entrepreneur hat, like somebody who's an expert at something, maybe they're a good coach or teacher, but they don't necessarily have training in marketing, prospecting, building an email list, um, you know, a a strategy for getting people familiar with them before they offer, you know, their, Usually, if it includes coaching, an expensive training program. Um, yeah. But that's where you come in. Let's let's talk about your your playbooks. If we start with authority marketing, you know, there's a lot of talk these days about authority marketing and influencer marketing. What does all this mean, and what's your angle? What would you advise course creators to do? Yeah. So I guess my angle is. Don't worry about doing a lot of the marketing stuff until you actually get your positioning right. Um, The authority marketing playbook is mostly about customer research and positioning. It's the first thing we do when we take it, when we bring on a client. So it's who, who are we serving and how are we perceived in that to them? Exactly. Because authority really is only about the relationship between you and that small market of customers that fit perfectly who you're trying to sell to. I love it. So let's say, um, you know, if we look at the three mega niches in course creation, that's health, uh, wealth, and relationships. Most, most programs fall under one of the, there's all these sub niches and sub niches of sub niches under all that. But can you give us an example of if someone were to come at you and they're like, can you pick one niche and I'll give you an example? What do you want to talk about? Wealth, health, or relationships? I think wealth is probably the one that I have the best understanding of. 
Okay. Um, like I've seen people using our software, literally LMS, delivering real estate um, investing uh, programs that they develop, and they develop a unique style of, uh, you know, selling or in a particular segment of real estate, and they help other people become real estate investors. How would how would you help that person if somebody comes at you and they want to focus on real estate investing? How would you help them clarify? their target market or do market research? Yeah. So the first thing I do is have them introduce me to the people they've already helped do this. So no, no BS. We're, we're, we're making sure that you can back up what you're saying you want to do. I love yeah, that. I've, and real estate, it comes close to home for me. You were smiling. My dad is a real estate example. guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and actually I'm getting ready to help him put out a course, but he has a brokerage and he's been helping people sell real estate and is an investor himself and has been for 40 years. And so his course is about distilling that knowledge and you can, when it comes to authority, there's two parts, you know, there's, there's perception outwardly and you can affect that very easily um what do you mean by that i mean you can you can put lipstick on a pig okay uh like i can put a suit on and you know get a nice video production and yeah yeah. hire somebody to script it (laughs) yeah and do the whole thing and that works that'll get you lead flow but that won't get you any sort of retention because you won't really know what you're talking about. It's all about lifetime value. I mean, if you're going to go to the trouble to create a, a, a high value program or even a recurring revenue membership month over month, I mean, retention is more important. I mean, is the name of the game. Yeah. And that's why the guys in wealth that I've seen be the most successful a lot of times are ones who were started blogging about it while they were doing it. Yeah. And then afterwards, maybe they converted to something else. So their journey, I mean, there's like a track record. Is that exactly. Yeah. Why, I wonder why that happens in this world. It's pretty common, I think, in like internet business or internet marketing where someone wants to, they learn those skills and then they want to go teach them, but they haven't actually done that much of it themselves. But like your dad, you mentioned, he's got 40 years in the industry so in, in my five hats paradigm that I talk about, we talk about the expert hat. Your dad's been wearing that hat for 40 years. He's got that one covered. Yeah. Um, so and his how, family did it before him. <laughs> so it's generational. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's even better. A lot of people can't necessarily have the generational backups knowing how much people change careers these days, but that's awesome. That he, yeah. And I mean, in digital, like generational doesn't happen. Right? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, just being around for five years, that's almost like the new generational, but let's using your dad as an example. Um, he's got the, the street cred, the 40 years, what else does is important for positioning besides the, the actual experience with those real customers for decades? Yeah. So his experience is also geographic and in real estate, this is a big one that I think a lot of people skip over. Mm-hmm. Like he deals with the St. Louis, Missouri 
and the surrounding area. Yeah. Territory. Both sides of the river, but yeah. that's it. He's not you in real estate the licensing is separate on a state by state basis. The laws are separate on a state by state basis. He can't do business in California. Awesome. So he can help with this one market and getting even more specific, multifamily commercial investment properties. Now that's specific. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so that's it. now we know, okay, they're looking in a single area. They're looking to invest in a single type of property. And that means you now need a certain amount of money to invest. You now need to therefore be at a certain stage in your life or career. Yeah. And you need to know that multifamily is the right option for you because that's part of a diversified real estate portfolio. But the way you rent apartment units is very different than a commercial lease for office space or a strip mall, something like that, or just a single house. That's awesome. I love that because that's such a good example of uh, looking at a mega niche like wealth and then you go down into the real estate category and then you go down into a location and then you go down into a, a type of property and then you go down into like a customer at a certain stage of life that can play in this arena. That's so specific. I love it. Yeah. That's like 10,000 people specific. Yeah. Uh, so, so how do we know, like if we're, I don't know if you've heard of Ryan Levesque. I'm talking to him later today. He has a new book out called choose. And it's about like how to choose like a market or whatever, but how do you, and I'd be curious. Um, he, he talks about like uh, market, um, like uh, markets need to have certain characteristics to be worth it. Is it not scary that there's only 10,000 people, but, or is it because the transaction uh, amount is so high that that's fine, but 10,000 people where the transaction amount is low, um, low, that's not a lot of people, right? But 10,000 people, if a transaction, if a minimum transactions in the mid five figures, yeah. And the lifetime value of a customer is in the sixes. That's not an issue any longer. Um, that's okay. We get a dozen new customers, and this could be a life-changing event. Um, and that's a lot of the people that I work with. They, I try to get them to move upstream uh, because if we can sell that ten and fifty thousand dollar engagement, then we might only need to sell five or 10 of those. Cool. Um, so if we've done our market research and like what's next and we've got our positioning figured out, like what's next in the authority marketing playbook or the, um, yeah, like what's next? Where do we go from here? Partnerships. And what so do you mean by that? Getting your name out there, yeah. uh, partnering to create webinars or to create or creating a podcast and having people on the real goal is just creating content with other people in the space and spaces adjacent to the market you'd like to serve. Awesome. Anything else before we go to another playbook that you'd like to mention about authority marketing? Um, we do a bunch of other stuff with ads, but that's a lot more complicated. Um, do, you do, ads from, been... do you do ads from day one or do you kind of, where does that come in? 
So it depends on the market. If yeah. we're on LinkedIn, then our ad campaigns are pretty short, um, but they're concentrated. Yeah. And so the spend looks different there. If we're working with a Facebook or Instagram, something like that, then we're going to do ads based on the content we're putting out. Yeah. Um, and it's likely not day one. It's probably like day 91. Gotcha. Very cool. Um, you talk about uh, eBooks, which is really interesting to me. And I think one of the problems or just challenges for course creators, especially if they have a high ticket course or training program or consulting package coaching program is that they need to do some uh, lead generation. They need some lead magnets and stuff like that. And I mean, eBooks were all the rage like in the 10 years ago. Uh, and, but I'm one of these people who I I think they still work. And I mean, some people say email's dead. I use email all the time. Works great. <laughs> what, uh, or like chat doesn't work, but it works for me. I don't, I don't know. So like, even though it's an old strategy, what's, what's your take on eBooks? I like them. Yeah. Um, I like to make sure my eBooks are useful and I like to make sure that most people aren't going to read them. I you expect want to make sure they don't. Yeah, because uh, if a yeah. if an ebook is useful, in my opinion, it goes pretty in depth, and it in depth might get a little boring at times for the wrong market. Right. Yeah. And so i I expect most people to skim the ebook that they download one time, and by skim, I mean just read the headings, and maybe ten percent of those people are actually going to go in and read it. But if those 10% of people are the people I want, then that ebook has done its job well. So the 10% of the 10,000 people in that target market, that's still a thousand people that are highly targeted. Yeah. Yeah. And a thousand is just barely enough to do yeah. custom audience retargeting. Can you explain what that means to the uninitiated? Yeah. So uh, you can set up custom what's called a custom audience based on a list of emails you collect in pretty much all of your major ad retargeting ad targeting platforms uh, i know facebook can do it i know linkedin can do it those are my two big ones um and then you can just run ads to that market so i can just run ads to the people who have downloaded the ebook and if I have some call to action at the end of the ebook, like, you know, uh, hey, click this link and do anything, literally any, just click this link, yeah. then we can pass on a pixel saying, hey, they also clicked this link at the end. They have some interest in whatever the next step is because they at least skim the headings. Yeah. Um, and so then those become we, your hot leads, right? Exactly. Yeah. And those are people that I might reach out to. Very cool. I might send them an email or call them. I like phones. I know. It's weird. <laughs> we have a phone number on our website. Um, uh, what? I don't like this question as a course creator. People ask me, like, how long, how many hours should a lesson be or a course be or whatever? But in your opinion, what's, is there an answer to how long should the ebook be or like what you should go for? It really depends on how long you're going to use it. Yeah. So some ebooks are planned for us with what we call a tentpole strategy, 
which yep. is when we plan to build an ebook from multiple blogs or podcasts or other posts that are put out over a period of time and repurpose that content and the feedback we get from the audience into the ebook that then get, gets released on that topic. That's cool. And do you plan and so that, that out? Do you plan that out even before you record all those podcasts and other create? Oh them? yeah. So yeah, it's all you start that. Yeah. Yeah, that's strategy is a big part of what we do. Uh, that's what you're buying from uh, an agency like ours. It's not it's strategy and expertise in any professional service. It's why we publish these playbooks. Yeah. This is like most of this is literally what we do. Yeah. You um, eat your own dog food, as we like to say. Yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Um, I wanted to ask you a question while we we're talking about positioning and perception related to this. Um, do names matter? Like some people call an ebook a guide or an ultimate guide or yes, uh, whatever. Uh, some people call a webinar a webinar, a workshop, a masterclass. Um, some people call a course one thing, or they call it free training or a three-part series, or whatever. What? How important is naming? Pretty important. If what you've done your that? customer research, yeah. If you've spoken with your customers, they're using a specific term. And different segments of your customer, of like your audience, may be using different terms. And you really would like to use the term they're using because that will increase your conversion rate. If they want master classes, if that's what they're looking for, give them a master class. Don't give them a webinar. Right. That, I, yeah, I, I cannot stress that enough. Internally, we call them all pretty much the same thing. Yeah. Uh, but we, uh, we don't do that externally. That's Not awesome. as a copy. Cool. Well, I haven't stumped you yet. <laughs> so I'm going to go to um, the podcast playbook. And what really um, intrigued me talking to you before we hit record here was you started talking about audio courses. I mean, podcasts are not audio courses. Podcasts are like a show or episodic content, free content usually. Um, and here, this audience here makes courses and everybody's talking about how video is eating the internet and like 80% of tra internet traffic in you know, 2025 is going to be online video. But audio is still just killer. I mean, it, it is... It's one of those things like there's this concept of portable content like there's not a lot of comp there's so much competition for video and but when you go are washing the dishes or going for a run or driving not looking at a screen there's music uh radio shows audiobooks and like there's just it's not that crowded the way video and your screens are so yeah. let's just let's open up a conversation around why podcasting and why audio courses? Why are you interested in those? So I think they're really powerful. Um, I think that a video course is good, but an audio course is going to more deeply ingrain you into the listener than a video course will. And I have to ask you a question here. Are we talking about audio courses as the product or part of the paid product, or are we talking about for lead generation or both? Both. Okay. Um, 
I've seen them used both ways yeah. successfully. Uh, I can't say one's better than the other at this point. But when somebody's doing that physical task, yeah, everything's now concentrated on you there. <laughs> yeah. And because I don't want to pay attention to washing the dishes, I'm I'm like fully immersed in what is going into my earbuds, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, because that's really how kind of our body processes, right? Like most of those tasks that people are listening to audio content on are the physical ones that that have been deeply ingrained in us. Because we can split the concentration like that. And with video, I, I know video takes a lot more bandwidth. So it's always going to take an outsized chunk of the market. Yeah. And I get it. A lot of people are watching things on phones. Um, but video content really most of the time is short form. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the video content that is long form gets put in the background and played as audio, right? YouTube is the, what is it, like the first or second biggest audio streaming platform? Right, for songs. Yeah. Or like a a Joe Rogan podcast, uh, which he does long form, two and a half hour shows and stuff like that. It is on YouTube, but I don't know who actually sits there and watches a video of two people talking in a studio for two and a half hours. I mean, they're just, you're right, it's background. Yeah. And so I think I, I think some of the video numbers are inflated, I guess is what I'm getting at, because a lot of video gets used as audio. And we do a lot of things where somebody's a speaker and they're recording video and we're gonna repurpose that as audio. So what's what's the the if we if I'm a course creator and I'm gonna start a podcast or I'm gonna go be guests on podcasts or whatever, what is the podcast playbook that you recommend to generate more leads and sales? Yeah. So the podcast playbook that I really enjoy uh, is called the authority builder show. Uh, It's in the B2B podcast playbook, but so the authority authority builder show is a concept or is it an actual show? It's, it's a show concept. Okay. For positioning a show in the market. Okay. And it's based around positioning the show as interviews with a target audience that makes up potential partners for your organization, as well as potential prospects. Yeah. High value prospects. So ideally, if you have a prospect where their lifetime values in that 15, 20,000 or more range, that's who you want to target. Yeah. Um, and if you don't really have those people, if you're mainly focused on selling the course, not selling services after the course for a higher ticket, then, and that course is in the three, you know, three figure range, then you're probably going to want to focus on partnerships with a show like this and focus on getting the best interviews you can. Because the goal of the show is to prove your authority to the audience by interviewing people who line up with what they respect in the market you're trying to position yourself into. So you really need to do the authority marketing playbook before you do the 
B2B podcast playbook or build out that authority builder show. But in the B2B podcast playbook, we put an abbreviated version of the same stuff from the authority marketing playbook. I got you. And these are on your website, callforcontent.com. I want to talk a little bit about partnerships. Some people get hung up on like, well, what, what am I supposed to do? Just go interview my competitors? Why would they do that? Like, oh, yeah, how, for sure. How, how, do we, uh, how do we think about either potentially even working with our direct competitors or with tangential, like just in our industry people? Like, how do we get organized around partnerships and create like a list of people to go after? So if you do your homework, if yeah. you do the research, then you know who your customers respect. Yeah. And you know who they look at in the market already. So those are the first people you'd want to go to. So get and it from those... your customers. Don't try to, it's not, don't go to Google first. Go to your, your existing audience. Yeah. Those, those, right. Those are the best people to sell to. Yeah. Um, the people who are already listening to you, getting <laughs> audience is a lot harder. So yeah. if you've got audience already, use that audience and try to find more of that audience and focus on the people who already make good clients and good customers. Awesome. And while we're on this audio note, I know it's a question that I personally don't like, but I'm going to ask you too, is like, how long should an audio course be or what? Like how long should the lessons be or should it be kind of dripped out over time or how do we make a good audio only course? Yeah. So the first thing to look at is how much time your customers have. When How, how do we tell, like, I love this. I love where you're going with that because some people ask me like, well, how long should my video be? I'm like, I mean, I'm thinking about me personally. I'll follow a six hour web tutorial. That's all one video to get like to learn how to do some, like build a website from scratch as an example. Yeah. I'll listen to a two and a half hour podcast episode about entrepreneurship, but I'll listen to like a 20 minute episode about something else. Like how do we figure this out? Yeah. So looking at, looking at the content first off and figuring out what it all looks like together. So we do audio course. We're trying out audio course plus ebook right now. When you say audio course plus ebook, what does the plus mean? Like they're in a combined lead magnet kind of thing? Or what do you mean by that? Yeah, so they're going to be a product, uh, okay. but they're going to be combined as, so here is the written part and here's some work that goes along with it, but like then the here's book. also companion audio. Oh, I love that. Because I have this concept I teach a lot called course plus, and that's course plus coaching plus mastermind plus group coaching, plus um, productized service. Like, it's not just about the course. Like you said, you can do a three-figure course, but it's when you start adding to the stack that you start creating something that's more integrated and more valuable and, you know, kind of surrounds the, the prospect or the customer with more resources. I love yeah. that idea, the, the audio course plus ebook. That sounds cool and also not overwhelming to create. Because sometimes people get into, well, I, I got to do a course and then I got to do a video course and then I got to do um, 
like private one-on-one coaching. I need to open up my calendar and then I need to do like an upsell, a $20,000 mastermind retreat in Tahiti or whatever. If we're just like, say, slow down, audio only and ebook, that sounds pretty doable. <laughs> yeah. And I'd, I'd even start with like, I would start with the one-on-one high ticket item. Yeah. So like That's, private coaching or, yeah. pri- or service. Yeah, that is it, that is a hundred percent where I'd start, and then I would build the course out of that experience. I love that idea because I think a lot of people try to start with the course, but when you do the high touch service or um, coaching, I, I don't want, I don't want to say this in the wrong way, but you kind of earn the right to figure out what works and then you can start automating that through course content. But you really have to go through the hard yards of like one-on-one transformation and result delivery with individual people in your target market to really, if you're going to make a great course, you have to have done that other thing first, right? Yeah, you need that expertise. Because um, otherwise, you can make a course before then. Yeah. And people might use it. Some people might even get results. Yeah. But you'll have no idea why. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And that's a more difficult process in my mind to go through. Very cool. Can you tell us some of your story? Like, how did you develop this expertise and skill set and focus in your business of around what we've talked about here today? Yeah. So I actually... I started out in like software development. Okay. Um, I was an economics major in school and then I joined a startup and managed some technical teams. And through that, I learned a bunch about startup marketing. And I was like, man, I like marketing. I like operations. I don't really like the software stuff that as much. So I'm going to take that technical knowledge and become a technical marketer. I love and it. At the same time, I started doing some B2B growth strategy consulting, and that's when I I saw a lot of overlap between some of these areas, and I started working with a podcasting network as one of my clients. That's when I learned about audio and podcasting, and then from there, I decided to start Call for Content as sort of a playground for myself, and over time, it's morphed into these very specific lines of sort of combination. Okay, here's a strategy that we do. We customize that strategy for you, but it's still very similar as a strategy. And that means that we can offer our services in these sort of productized ways. And I built that out of looking at the consulting work I was doing into this. And that's And over the time, that turned out to be good for coaches and consultants. So we got into that market, among others. So that's what I was going to ask. Who is your ideal person you work with now? Like coaches and consultants? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So we work with coaches and consultants. Um, We work with podcasters now through our podcaster relations program. We'll help you find and place guests for free. Uh, and then we also offer like some commission only sponsorship deals and, uh, and audience audits for people who want to sort of get evaluation set before they go out and try that sort of stuff. What's that and, mean? 
Hmm? What was that? An evaluation set? What is that? It's a, so we call it an audience audit. We take a look at your audience and the demographics. And if you've done any sort of prior affiliate or sponsorship deals, we look at the revenue that's come in through those or the prior experiences. And we use that information to develop an actual valuation on the person's audience or on the company's current audience so that they can either go out and get sponsorship or negotiate more like revenue share partnership deals, that sort of thing themselves, or for us to then work with them as a person who goes out and finds sponsorship on their behalf. Very cool. And at the bottom of your website, you have schedule office hours. What goes down in in one of those? So it's about 30 minutes of one-on-one me and whoever I'm talking to. Uh, It's recorded. And so that way I can use it to create content later. I like to review the sessions, see what people have been asking me, and then use that to inform what we do going forward. Um, And if it's somebody who's trying to figure out where to go through the playbooks or where to get started with their business or with their content, then that's what we talk about. If it's somebody who's looking, who's looked at our services or heard about them and wants to see if we're a good fit, then we'll talk about that. And if it's somebody who wants to talk about like bread making or cooking or just kind of, you know, chew the fat with me for 30 minutes, then we'll do that too. Awesome. Cool. Well, Michael Greenberg, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, I want to ask you one final question before we, before we sign off here. Um, if you take your body of knowledge and you go down into beginner's mind of like a coach or consultant who has earned their stripes in whatever skill set or industry they've, they have their experience in and they're wanting to kind of scale up and go online where's where's like the first step on the um on the growth side like what what should they do create a course and then build a website um actually create the course sell the course to some people who know you and like validate then, it yeah validate it yeah. and then create a website to sell that course online Nice. I like that. And then, and then they can get into the, um, the partnerships and the, uh, you know, the, the authority marketing and scaling, right? Yeah. Though I'd probably start by reading the authority marketing playbook and do that research and figure out what kind of course people want you to make. I want to do a bonus question because you just picked my brain on it, which is what is, what are the classic mistakes that people make when they don't do that market research or figure out the who and the positioning. Um, what, 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 what are some common just missteps you see people make with that? Yeah. So the biggest one is making assumptions. Uh, because what ends up happening is you don't know how little they actually know. And you skip over a lot of stuff and you don't realize like, oh, wow, my initial course is so simple. It's like the stuff that I learned 30 years ago or that if you're in digital, you learned four years ago. Um, And 
it's that stuff that you need to teach somebody before you can do anything else. And so that might be your first mini like ebook or course that you put out. And that the high ticket stuff for the people that the, the people who actually know enough to understand the value of your high ticket, uh, that you've met one or two of them and there's a small market there. Um, a lot of people assume they have a big market, but they don't. Uh, because there's a there's personality issues that come into play, especially with courses. I can hire somebody to rip off your course and just take all the content and speak it again. And if that person delivers it differently and looks differently than you do or sounds differently than you do, they could get a totally different audience as a result. So you really have to know exactly who you're going after and what they're looking for. And if you spend the time doing that, then you'll do really well. And last question, what's your definition of high ticket? So high ticket depends on the market and depends, yeah, depends on the market. In B2B, high ticket starts at maybe like that 10, 15,000. In if you're selling to consumers, high ticket, depending on your audience, I, I know life coaches where their high ticket starts in the four or 5,000 range and they're selling to, you know, your successful millennial or successful Gen Xer. Um, and it goes up from there. But on then the like mid ticket end, their initial offering is right in the, you know, $300 range. And so I guess that's the higher end of the market overall. Uh, I don't like selling like $10 things. It's really hard. That makes sense. Michael Greenberg, callforcontent.com. What what should people do when they come to your website? Uh, Schedule office hours. Check out the eBooks and then check out the playbooks and then schedule office hours. Uh, Or, you know, just schedule office hours and we'll talk and I'll direct you to some and then we can go from there. It's up to you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. We'll have to do this again sometime. That was a lot of fun and a ton of value. I really appreciate it. Yeah, definitely. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life, head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet.